Catherine Gallagher. Jan Pesson. And this is Bitchin' About Food episode, let's call it 1A. Because we've already, we've already done the preview episode on your wonderful podcast, The Scheist. And now this is our first episode with actually bitching about food in the title page. And that's what we're doing. We're bitching about food one meal at a time. Now, listen, the first podcast we did with you was all about Thanksgiving preamble, how uh, nerve wracking it was for the work up to Thanksgiving. And I, even though we're a week away from Christmas, I still want to do a Thanksgiving roundup because it was fraught this year. It was fraught. I found it very stressful. I don't know about you. How was your Thanksgiving? I mean, mine was super easy because we had to cancel it. So why? Uh, On Wednesday before Thanksgiving, my sister texts me and she says, uh, I have COVID. Oh, no. (laughs) Which one? No, no. Oh. So she lives with my... Well, you need to introduce yourself, too. This is Nick. I'm Nick. Okay. I'm the producer-ish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, He's the guy I had to sleep with to make this happen. Jan. Whoa, now. <laughs> Way too much information. No. And Nick's girlfriend is listening and not... And no. Seriously. Okay, never mind. For we're the record, that did not happen. Mrs. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Robinson. Take it easy now. All right. Jan likes to bring it right down to keeping it real level. Okay, good. It's ahead. fine. I, people liked the first show, so... Right. Yeah, the, our public has been clamoring for another episode and here we are our four listeners are clamoring for yet another episode with the thanksgiving roundup the thanksgiving roundup is so you, one of your sisters had covid so that sort of put the big kibosh on the whole thing yeah well she lives with my other younger sister uh so they were basically both taken out of the loop and then uh we really didn't even nail down plans until the week before so Susie had kind of pivoted to host a thanksgiving lunch right and that was around one but then we didn't eat until around three and we had to be in agora for for Kristen's family for Kristen's side of the family at four how was the gelson's turkey it was good yeah yeah i didn't have a ton of it but i never eat a ton of turkey anyway and so i was like okay it was solid it was acceptable for me okay well i had turkey drama serious Turkey turkey drama yeah Serious turkey drama. So I don't know what happened, but I always do like, I take the turkey out of the freezer. I buy it at Whole Foods. As soon as they go on sale, I put it in the freezer. And Thursday before Thanksgiving, a full week before, I put it in the refrigerator. And then I start my dry brine on Sunday. Okay. And here it is like Sunday, and I'm trying to dry brine this turkey, step one. And the interior of the turkey was like filled with like a solid block of ice. Like in the middle of the turkey, it seemed like it had been frozen. Somebody had filled up the turkey with water or whatever it was and froze them. It was like this solid block of ice. So I'm like, what the hell? My fucking turkey is still icy in the middle. So every day I would go in and I would, you know, move the salt around because it's, it's, you know... It's a dry brine. Technically, it's a salting. It's not, there's no such thing, I guess, as a dry brine. According to David Chang, it's either a wet brine or a salting. So this was the salting. And I kept moving it around and I would chip away a little more ice, but it was still like frozen. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm not going to panic here. But of course, I was panicking. And then Thanksgiving morning, Thanksgiving morning, I'm still hacking pieces of ice. Dean is standing there with a flashlight, shining it into the cavity of the bird. I'm trying to hack away at this ice. I'm like, what the fuck? 
So that happened. Okay. Then I had a drama with the mashed potatoes because I forgot that not everybody likes peppercorns. And I threw all these peppercorns into the potatoes as they were boiling because that's what you're supposed to do according to the recipe. I had to like pick every single peppercorn out of the potatoes. Then I had a stuffing problem. It was too mushy. I had to add some extra bread. Everything had like a problem. And then the turkey, you know, was cooking, 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 and everything was okay. And I slice off a little piece and I give it to Dean and he goes, it's a little dry. And I'm like, oh my God, I just ruined the turkey. Turns out I didn't ruin the turkey. It was just that particular piece. Everything else was fine. But I had this whole thing where I was convinced that the turkey was dry. So Janet and her mom show up and I'm like, I ruined the turkey. I ruined the turkey. And I kept perseverating about this. Like, what did the audience know? When did they know? I kind of tipped my hand. Like, I should have just been like, oh, everything's great. La, la, la. But then I thought, well, what if the turkey actually is dry? Um, then it'll be like, what's wrong with her? Doesn't she realize the turkey is dry? But everybody kept saying the turkey was fine. And then even Dean said the turkey's fine. So it was like this whole big thing. It was, I was so keyed up. I'm still processing it. And it's a week before Christmas. Take it away, Jan. Wow. <laughs> How was that salad, Jan? <laughs> Did okay. you bring a salad? Wait, um, I just have to wake up because that was, boy, okay. That's a whole lot of crazy. That was a whole lot of crazy. It sounds like you put a lot of pressure on yourself. I did. It was crazy. Well, I walk in and she's like, the first thing, not happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, nothing. How are you? Nothing. It's the turkey's dry. And I'm like, all right, can I, I, I taste I it? it? And I taste it. And I'm like, turkey's not dry. She goes, really? I'm like, really? Yeah. Turkey's delicious. That's crazy. What is your fucking problem? It was fucking crazy. Drink something and calm the fuck down. It was fucking crazy. I and could I, not get out of the loop that I had ruined the turkey based on that first little, but then it all worked out. Everybody loved it. It worked out fine. But then I did that thing that I hate when people do where I go, it's not as good as last year. I hate that. I hate that. It was. It was different. It was fine. It was good. But that ice chunk in the middle was making me absolutely, I don't think I'll ever get that brand of turkey again, ever. It was not good. It was stressful. So for people that uh, are neophytes in the turkey game, how do you thaw, uh, what is it, an 18-pound turkey you had? Well, this was the other thing. It was a 21-pound turkey, and I don't think I would go that big again. because It's it a behemoth of a turkey. Yeah. Well, in the refrigerator. For how long? A week. Okay. At least a week. I could have even gone a week and a day. Yeah. So, like, when I typically, like, th thaw stuff that's frozen, I put it in the sink with water. No, no, no. You put this in the refrigerator. If you'd gone a week and a day, it would have been really good. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bitch from hell. I mean, obviously, vacuum sealing a 21-pound turkey in order to, like, submerge it in water to thaw it is going to be a long process anyway. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Okay. You're not supposed to do that. You put it in the refrigerator, and then... You can either do like a wet brine or a dry brine, which is technically a salting, which is a great method that that Judy Bird technique on Food 52 is fantastic. It's called the Judy Bird, the Russ Parsons dry brine turkey. Um, it's a wonderful method. It's great. And it, the turkey always turns out really good. But this year, that fucking ice thing just through me and then the potatoes and i was just like ah oh, fuck this shit i can't wait for this to be over but then everybody was really nice and complimentary and and our friend colleen came and she brought all of her food and she she was listening she goes you know i was listening to your podcast your first podcast she goes my food is all kind of brown isn't it because she has <laughs> she's on that special diet and so she ate all this stuff and and the turkey turned out fine and now we're jan and i were just talking about this on the way over about how christmas Unless you're like Italian and have to do the Feast of the Seven Fishes, which on Christmas Eve, which I'm sure is a huge pain in the fucking ass. Um, Christmas is less stressful for some reason, food wise. 
The stress is just elsewhere. Well, it's different. I mean, Jan, don't you think that the... Because here's how it's going. I'm going to do Christmas Eve and Jan's going to do Christmas night. So we're each cooking on a Christmas for our... Each other, basically, for her and her mom and my boyfriend and various people. Yeah, because you're not making a fucking turkey. Yeah, the turkeys are stressful. It's really hard to cook, especially the bigger the bird. It's just hard to cook... That was that was my mistake. Getting a humongous bird, yeah, and it's stressful, and all the accoutrements that come with making a turkey because you're making stuffing, which is fraught. Yeah, it, there's a lot of there's. I'm going to do Allison Roman stuffing next year. I love Deb Perlman's stuffing that I make, but I'm doing a different stuffing next year, and I'm going to do Allison Roman's celery stuffing, and the potatoes. I'm going to remember to not put the peppercorns in. I'm going to add to my Google Notes, and that's what I'm going to do. And Jan for Christmas makes. An amazing brisket. Like, yeah. it's easy. So good. It's my mother's recipe. It's, and it's so easy. good. But and the key is to it's make. not fraught with anything, no, really. The key is to make it the day before. But I've had conversations with you on Christmas where you're like, eh, it's not good. It didn't turn out good. It didn't. And, yeah. it, and of course, it's freaking delicious. Why do we beat ourselves up over food? Why are we beating ourselves up over the holiday fair? That's what I want to know. I mean, well, with Thanksgiving, it's like we're almost culturally bound. To this beating turkey. Our... <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, like you have to make the turkey, then you have to make the stuffing. And it's like it's so tradition oriented that and it only there's happens, a lot of pressure. It only happens once a year. Like if you were cranking out Thanksgiving every, let's say, 10 or 12 weeks, then it would be a different story. Well, that's that's a good point, Catherine. Yes. Thank that's, you, Jen. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah once... There's a whole industry of mass murdering turkeys that it's like we feel even worse if we're not preparing the turkeys that were killed specifically for this one meal. Well, and also it's the preparing something that you the last time you prepared it was a year ago. You know, that's hard because Jan and I, when we cook for our respective loved ones, we cycle through kind of the same meals. So we're adept at making whatever it is that we're making, our hamburgers, our... Yeah, you don't even have to think about it. Yeah, lasagnas and stuff. But this Thanksgiving thing is like fucked up because you have to like remember and that's why I write everything down and I still messed it up. Like I still put those fucking peppercorns in the potatoes and it made me crazy. So I got a text from a friend of mine who forwarded the podcast onto her friend the first podcast episode 90 of the shist for those of you who are wondering uh bitching about food made it made its debut on episode 90 of the shist uh and by the way if you anything football related you definitely want to tune into nick shist's the shist podcast thank you so much for that plug <laughs> it was subtle but, but good. very subtle <laughs> okay listen to this listen to this This is from a friend of our friend. Hi there. I just drove to South Bend and I listened to the Bitchin' About Food podcast. It took a while to get going. What? Oh, okay, Jan. That's on you. Oh, But I'd listen to another. Very funny and spot on. I bet it will be great. I hope they cover holiday disasters on a show. Listen to this. After our turkey came out and was resting, my son-in-law's brother decided to clear the dishes in the sink and wash up to carve the turkey. I had just strained the gravy I pre-made to combine with the turkey drippings. One and a half quarts of amazing brown gravy. He poured it all down the sink. Thank God I had a 16-ounce tub of gravy in the freezer. 
Otherwise, dinner would have been ruined. My daughters are gravy lovers. Okay, this woman is my spirit animal because she happened to have a spare tub of frozen gravy in her freezer. Who does that? I would do that. That's what we learned on the last episode was that <laughs> it pays to have a freezer with food in it. Yes, and she had spare gravy. Otherwise, this... That's very particular. This dipshit poured all her gravy down the, down the fucking sink trying to be helpful that's the one thing to stay out of the kitchen when i'm in there cooking don't come in my kitchen i'm i'm like a lunatic i'm like get get out get out i have to have like nobody can be in there nobody if people are like can we help no go away I'm how not, is I, that different from any other day i'm just it's asking. not but what i'm saying like that's how i am in the kitchen yeah. any any other day but especially at thanksgiving yeah, yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah. So I'm making for Christmas Eve chicken saltimbocca, which is chicken breast and prosciutto ham and mozzarella cheese and sage wrapped up and breaded with butter and breadcrumbs and baked. And it's a fabulous dish. It's easy as pie. It's rich. It's elegant. I make it every Christmas. I love it. Is and it kosher? <laughs> You're not kosher. No. There's no. prosciutto ham. I know. I she heard puts you. up a Christmas tree. You're not kosher. No, I'm not. Tonight's the first night of Hanukkah, Jim. Happy Hanukkah. What are you doing for Hanukkah? Nothing. Exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. you. I'm not letting you off the hook. What happened with that salad? With Jan's salad? Yeah. It was fantastic. It was good. It was actually really good It was fantastic. Year. It made it had a nice vinegary... And I'll tell you why. Because now that you ask, yeah. I actually got the lettuce at Erwan, which... I never shop there because it's incredibly expensive. But thirty dollar head of lettuce. Yeah, but I got the lettuce at Erewhon. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, was it worth it? Yeah, it really actually was. Iceberg Erewhon. It was romaine. It was it was two different types of lettuce. I know one was romaine, and I forget what the other. It was like a mix, but what that set you back? Curious. I don't remember. Because we bought a bunch of other stuff, and the total tab when by the time we left was like two hundred eighty dollars. Everyone is ridiculous. Out of everyone, elven lettuce. But I tell you, <laughs> it's hard to find really great lettuce, especially romaine. It's very difficult. I know, and it looked great, so I got it, and it was actually really it made a big difference. Yeah, it was. I actually ate my salad. It was this delicious. Year. It, I was like, oh, it was I can a eat delicious this. salad. Yeah. So the salad was good. I do the same good seasons pre-packaged you you mix it with oil and vinegar seasons but there's a secret dressing you garlic clove a garlic clove garlic clove she adds a garlic clove to her good seasons Mm -hmm. does make a difference well garlic added to anything delicious makes a difference so so my salad was fabulous yeah no flies on me and the uh cranberries turned out fine both versions and Dean was happy. He got to slice his cranberry in a perfect circle on the biscuit that came out of the tube in a perfect circle. And once I got all the peppercorns out of the mashed potatoes and the uh, that turned out fine. And once I got the bread in the stuffing to make it more stuffing like that was fine. Everything turned out fine. I was so glad it was over. I was so glad it was over. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I still ended up making my cranberry sauce because we were preparing to have dinner. Didn't happen. And because you teased me about it. It's not just, I mean, yes, you can make it with just water and sugar and the cranberries, but I use 50-50 organic sugar with brown sugar. Ooh. Delicious. For a little molasses over note. Yes. Split the water with orange juice. Oh, nice. So it's a little more citrusy. And then if I happen to have an orange or a lemon on hand, I can put some of the lemon rind in it. Yeah. Uh, Use the little like uh, scraper. I don't even know what it's called. 
grater. Grater, yeah. It's like a cheese grater. You just put it on the outside. Microplane? Yeah, there you go. Um, And a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of ginger, and a little bit of clove. Oh, good. So it was like, it was warm, it was citrusy, but also still kind of had that like zesty tang that cranberry has. And we didn't get to eat it. So it's been in the fridge collecting, you know, botulism for the last two weeks. Oh, no. Why didn't you get to eat it? Because we didn't have like a Thanksgiving. But I thought you went, didn't you bring it to uh, your girlfriend's family? No, because they buy the Gelson's like pre-packed dinner that comes with that stuff. And in hindsight, I probably should have done that. But we got the circular slice kind plus the whole oh. jellied kind. Oh, so you got everything from Gelson's, not just the turkey? It comes they got that. everything oh, from Gelson's okay. and we just showed up. And then we ended up coming back and having uh, dessert with my stepdad because he had gotten a pie for the dinner that we were going to have. And I didn't want him to be alone. On... What did he do for Thanksgiving? Uh he, well, he was at Susie's, and they okay. ate around three. And so okay. by the time that we were leaving uh, Kristen's aunt's place, it was about seven. Okay. So it was like, are you hungry? Because like we just ate again another small meal, and he's like, no, I'm not really hungry. So I was like, well, do you want to come over and just like hang out? We can have coffee and like have some pie and just spend the night with us for a couple hours, and then go home. And so we did that, and we hung out. We still had a good time. Oh, that's nice. Well, the yeah. funny thing about the cranberries is that I had the can of cranberries. And I had it all sliced, and then I go here, Dean. And then Jan's mom goes, "I love those cranberries." What was that whole thing with the cranberries for your mom? No, was... she likes those. And then somebody else liked the cranberries too. Was my it... sister, my sister Holly, likes those. But too. no, there was somebody at the at Thanksgiving who oh, liked the cranberries. Probably um, was it Louis? Oh yeah, Louis. Our friend Louis was probably there. Louis. He goes, "Yeah, I love those cranberries. Like all of my cranberries, my whole cranberries with the same warm spices were kind of left." Uh, Not by me. I, I eat those like crazy. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't like that canned crap. I but. hoard. I also hoard cranberries during the holidays. I have like, there's a lot of cranberries in my freezer right now. I had no idea. Maybe I talked about this on the first podcast. I don't remember that cranberries are seasonal. Like I thought they were just always around. And then like one day I went in to look for them after Christmas and there were no more cranberries. So I hoard them. I freeze them. That's smart because if I need to make cranberry sauce again, I don't know that they're going to be available. But it's still basically the same season. So they might be there. Yeah. But I'm not going to eat the one that's in the fridge that I haven't thrown out yet. I just wanted it in there as a reminder that I put in that hard work. Yes, you did. And you'll do a turkey someday. I will do a turkey someday. You'll do a turkey someday. Yeah, I didn't collect all that stuff from my mom to not ever try a turkey. but Right. That's right. We'll do, it. we'll do it one day. And just going back for a moment to Catherine's stress levels of in the kitchen <laughs> with her turkey. Because I remember going home with her one Thanksgiving when your parents lived in Deerfield. Oh, my God. And your mother was making Thanksgiving. Nobody could stress out more and than my mother for I, over a turkey. I mean, so it's genetic. My, yeah, that's what I, that is exactly my point. It is definitely genetic. And you can't escape. You can't escape no. that. And her mother was definitely, I mean, I would have thought, it's not that my mother never like ranted or raved or did anything in the kitchen, but hers was more like of a, oh, fuck it. Like she would just make a gravy and it wasn't right. She'd just toss it right in the garbage and start her all over again without, <laughs> she, you know, yeah, something fell mom. on the floor. You just pick it up, wash it off and serve it. Your mother was of a different bent. Yeah, she wanted it, was, it to be perfect. It was, it was tense. Yeah. She, it was very, very she tense. She wanted it to be perfect. And I remember thinking, wow, yeah. this is a lot of tension yeah. over a meal. Yeah. And so that's probably where that comes but from. But I learned something every year. Like this year I learned to pay more attention to the side dish recipes so I don't mess them up. 
I learned I want to try a new stuffing recipe. I learned I need to get a smaller turkey. That's why I write everything down. But then, you know, I like I still forget. It's weird. Do you work off of a sheet when you're in the kitchen? Oh, yeah. I have like a whole itinerary of timing. The timing worked out great. The timing I was very happy with. I, I just the, the initial startling finished product of that possibly dry turkey, which ended up not being dry. I was like, well, which, what's reality here? Is it a dry turkey reality or is that just a not dry turkey reality? It was like, what's real? And then once I got over all that and everybody seemed happy, I was fine. Then I was fine. Then it's all about, you know, putting all the leftovers away because, uh, you know, I was I was I was on Instagram and they were talking about uh, this woman was talking about how she goes, you cook the food on Wednesday, you eat it on Thursday. It's pretty good on Friday. Saturday, you're pushing it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And I used to not think about that. I would just eat leftovers until they were gone. But I was like, holy shit. She's absolutely right. Like you can't eat leftovers well into the next week. You got to like freeze it or you know get rid of it so I just I had everybody over the next night for second Thanksgiving which is what I always do a whole different group of people Jan and her mom of course were there and Dean but we have our neighbors come over and that used up most of the food so basically I did two Thanksgiving dinners for six a total of 12 people and then after that I just tossed the rest of the food because I wasn't gonna fuck around with you know with turkey you can I remember when I was growing up my mother was very creative with the leftovers from the turkey because we always had a ginormous bird they were kosher birds yeah they were huge but what would she do hot brown Something called a hot brown, What's that? which was absolutely delicious and really, really bad for you because it's it's white bread that's toasted mm. in a Velveeta cheese cream sauce Ooh. with tomato, <laughs> bacon, and turkey. Send us your and recipes you, on bafpod at gmail.com yeah, for right. hot brown. And you cook it in the oven. It's called a, it's, it's a Kentucky thing. It's called a hot brown. Absolutely delicious. That sounds in, pretty good. She yeah. grew up in Kentucky. Anything yeah. with white bread and cheese is going to be good. I think my the 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 silver dishes that we used to cook the hot brown served in. I think my mother stole those from a restaurant. Does anybody listen to this thing? She <laughs> we don't have any in, listeners yet. She yet. might get in trouble. Your I mom's going to get. I think there's away. statute of limitations. <laughs> that will protect your mom there. Hot brown. <laughs> Yum. Hopefully she won't get in trouble if she's still stealing from restaurants that's another thing <laughs> yeah i don't think so well, at this i don't point. she doesn't carry a purse well, so probably you not. never know with probably Rima. not you never she know. wear like big coats with a lot of pockets <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um don't give her ideas it's cold outside you never know mm, yeah. you're like mom what do you do with that trench yeah. coat nothing what's going on here my yeah. brother makes a turkey gumbo, Ooh, delicious. which sounds good. But Dean is not like a gumbo chili kind of stew guy. He hates all that stuff. It's And I have a theory. I, I understand that, but it's because he probably just never had it made that it tasted really, really good. Well, yeah. and I'm guessing. And I think his mom, that was like her go-to, like yeah. just stew after stew after stew yeah. after stew. Just because she like be a, yeah, yucky. So, yeah. Yucky. It's funny how... You kind of have to acclimate to your mom's taste. Like my mother was very anti-casserole when we were growing up in the 60s. You know, Jan and I were no spring chickens. We grew up in the 60s. And my mom was anti-casserole. She thought it was a cop-out. She wanted all the food to be fresh. She wanted. She was a huge fan of broiling food. She didn't fry anything. She loved to broil. She was kind of ahead of her time. She always had a salad with every meal. 
no casserole. So the first time I had a tuna casserole with potato chips on it, I was in college and I was like, what the fuck is this at Stevens? It was so good. And I came home from my first break and I'm like, mom, why didn't you ever make tuna casserole with potato chips? It's so good. She's like, oh, I can't stand the thought of it. It makes me sick. <laughs> it was so good. But you know, you, you kind of eat what your mom likes. You, when you're growing up, you eat what your mom likes. Yeah. So, and then that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to like get new recipes on board, learn new techniques, learn new recipes to kind of expand on the repertoire that I was born into. And also to try and, you know, make different because I was thinking about this the other day. I have about 45 meals in the hopper that I can do about 40, 45 meals. That's a lot. Yeah. But, that you know, uh, not all of them are, are hits. Some of them are better than others, but. I wish I could do more. But then on the other hand, I'm I'm also like bitching about food. We're I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the holidays. I'm sick of I can't even go online anymore. I can't go on Instagram or Facebook or anything. People are posting stuff like, you know, 12 new cookies you should try this season. Don't ruin your Thanksgiving rib roast. I mean, you have gravy, Yorkshire pudding. I, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. But yeah, but yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Everything old is new again, but, you know, going back to my childhood and the food that I ate and, you know, my mother's level of of food had to be incredible. The food was friggin' incredible. I mean, What you did know, you have for Christmas dinner when you were younger? What was your home? Well, we had turkey again. You did? We did. We had turkey twice because she tried doing it not twice and nobody liked that. So then we did turkey twice. My mother always had roast beef. Yeah, then, but we had roast beef all the time. I mean, you oh don't yeah, know. You had, food. you had a lot of You had a lot. We had meals like you wouldn't believe. Jan had beef. I mean, meals like you cannot believe. Yeah, sounds good to me. It was delicious. <laughs> it was the best of the best. But yeah. that's also, you know, that's all old school cooking. Why, you know, Jewish men would drop dead at the age of fifty because yeah. the way that they were eating yep. was great, Absolutely. but not great for you. Probably a lot of salt in that diet as well. A lot of salt, a lot of, fat. A lot of butter, a lot of fat, yeah. a lot of dairy, a lot of you know, a lot of food. meat, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. and it all tasted incredible. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Now both of, well, we were blessed. Both of our mothers were excellent cooks. Mine was stressful. But she was an excellent cook at the end of the day, and your mom's was too. Yeah, very. That was one very. of the saddest things for me when mom, when she was really getting on in years, and she was finishing up her time at her senior campus, um, like once a year, they'd have like a rummage sale, and you could tell that the women who were sort of heading into the end of their life would get rid of all their cookware. And that was Aww, really sad. To and, sad. and I, I said to one of her friends, Marsha, I said, "Why are you getting rid of this?" She goes, "Honey, I can't, I can't lift it anymore. I can't cook anymore. I can no longer cook for myself." So every time I'm bitching about food in my kitchen, like, "Fuck, I can't even have to make dinner again after I just made dinner and Thanksgiving and Christmas," but then I have to stop and think to myself, you know, gratitude, Jan. Gratitude changes attitude, Jan. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And so I have to think to myself, at least I'm not at the point where I'm giving away my food, my, my pots and pans because I can't lift them anymore. Although, Jan, we both know that day is closer than we, we think. We think. <laughs> but, you know, my mom lives with me. So it's it's oh, yeah. I say to her all the time, I'm like, you know, if you want to have dinner on the table when I get home, that, you know, knock yourself Hilarious. out. Hilarious. <laughs> OK, for, for all of our one listener, 
Jan's mom is tiny, super tiny. She's strong. She gets on that treadmill every day, but she's tiny. A wind could blow her over. The idea of her like lifting a pot and a pan and slicing onions and stuff would be... Which she does. She just takes a really long time, thank God, because she can't see either. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. She's listening. I hope not. You have to tell she's the sto- our one listener. You have to tell the story of when your mom heard the first podcast and she kept giving... She kept saying, whenever Jan would say something, she would be like... That's funny. How come no one's laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Bitching about food. Our, our, I'm, I'm working on the website. Listen, listeners, I'm working on it, okay? I'm working on the website. It's going to be www.bafpod.com. B as in boy, A as in apple, F as in fuck this dinner is coming. Bafpod.com. And we have an Instagram, which is at BAF. Uh, what is our Instagram? At bitching about food or at baf pod i don't remember it's at bitching about food and then we also have a tiktok which is at baf pod so i'll get all that stuff linked on the website and if you want to send us an email which somebody already did which i that was very complimentary and sweet it's uh baf pod at gmail.com so we're getting there we're trying, we're trying to get our music. I can't get patty austin to give me permission for the song i want to use which is i can cook too and we're trying to find studio space and we're just starting out and it's fun and it's exciting. And, you know, the thing about cooking Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve dinner and Christmas night dinner is that the very next day on the 26th, Jan and I still have to haul ass in the kitchen and cook something else. Yeah. And the day before Christmas Eve, we have to cook. And two days after Christmas, we have to cook. We have to just keep cooking. Cook, cook, cook till we drop. Right. Well, unless I have leftover brisket, and then we just get a brisket sandwich, which oh, yeah. is delicious with sliced onion and Russian dressing on oh. a little challah. It's very, very good. What is the secret to your brisket? Because it's fucking delicious. Like, you get, first of all, where do you get your brisket? At Bob's? Well, this, no, this year I'm getting it at Gelson's. Okay. Um, I haven't gotten the brisket there before. Brisket's expensive. Yeah, it's going to cost, and it's a, it's got to be a great big one, because I'm having a lot of people. Yeah. So and then you do those white potatoes from a can. You can either do fresh, but actually from the can is better. I like the white potatoes from a can. They're better. They're so when you delicious. cook them that long, and it's just you season the shit out of it, and then all the juice from it. the brisket goes into the potatoes. The secret, the biggest secret, I was I saw in the L.A. Times today they had a brisket recipe, and I was looking at it, and I was like, and then you you know it's like step twenty five, and it's like oh my god, oh, stop no. already with the steps. No. And but the the main key thing that they do that I do that my mother did is you make the day before and you take all the juice out and put it in a separate bowl so then you can then overnight you scrape off the fat, the fat. on the top okay and then when you reheat it you're pouring that clean beautiful broth, broth juice into the brisket back into the brisket but there's a secret to the reheating it too isn't there well, you don't put it on a super high heat to reheat. You put it and on. It's like an hour in a low oven. It takes longer. Remember, it took longer than you thought last year to reheat it. You had a it moment takes, with your oven. Yeah, it takes longer to reheat, and also with that oven, it takes longer to cook it too. We're both having issues with our oven. Mine is yeah. on the way out. Hers is on the way out. And in our particular unit, in our apartment building, we are responsible for our own appliances. So we're both on the on the hunt for. Uh, I'm going to just go and get a new one at Home Depot. but um, And I probably won't shop at Home Depot because they're Trumpy. I know, but they're Trumpy, but they're $100 cheaper than Lowe's or any yeah, other place. Well, so I can't know. be bought. Nope. 
I will say the customer service at Home Depot is not nearly as good as it is at Lowe's. I walk, right. I walk in there. There's 15 employees that pass me. Not a single one of them asks if I'm looking for something. It's like We're you have a hundred aisles at Home and Depot? each aisle has a thousand things on it. Yeah. You think I know where I'm going? Look no. at me. Yeah. I'm in sandals. I know. Yeah. And Dean is like, let's go to Lowe's because I have a Lowe's card and you get an automatic 5% discount. Yeah, so I'll maybe, be going to Lowe's. Maybe we'll go to Lowe's. I'm going to Lowe's. All right. Screw I mean, if you're looking to save the 100 bucks, then nope. it is yeah. what it is. I might be able to save some money on, on the 5% discount that he gets for the Lowe's card, whatever. But what? it's a lesson in being conscious about where you spend your money. I suppose. I know. Like oh. I, I won't go to Hobby Lobby or Chick-fil-A. Oh, one quick note. I saw a documentary on the Laundra uh, Automat, on the Automat oh, yeah. that used to be in uh, New York and I think some other cities too. And It was in other cities other than New York? Yeah, it was. And anyway, it was it was fantastic. So if anybody's listening, you should, you know, support it, see it. it my mom really used to go good. to my mom used to go to the Automat when she lived in New York City. Yeah. It's a it's really it it it's what, there's what, something what about platform? it. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. Okay. I think that's where it is. Okay. For everybody else out there, what is the Automat? The oh. Automat is where, I know. Myself included. What wow. is it? Okay. That's right. Okay. No, Jan <laughs> yeah. will explain. Um, it's this gorgeous place where you used to go in and you would go up to these see-through little windows and put a coin in. A and- nickel. Yeah, what, whatever, yeah. My and, mom used to say it was a nickel. And you'd open it up and you could pull out a piece of lemon meringue pie or, you know. Chicken soup. Chicken soup. They had an array of food and it was all delicious. Yeah. And the place was beautiful. It was all clean and well lit. Yeah, it was fantastic. It and was like takeout before McDonald's was invented. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just saw this documentary. I can't remember the name of the guys who weren't Jews who started this place. But it was it was Jew popular. <laughs> Who weren't Jews? What does that mean? Well, like, like you'd have to be Jewish to start a food place? Well, <laughs> kinda. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like you know, like Mel Brooks is interviewed in it. It's like a bunch of old Altakaka Jews talking about it vault. because it was a really it was uh, it was quite the place yeah. in the day. Yeah, and then it wasn't. So it's in yeah. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. It was in, but it, if you watch like a movie, like um, it's in movies, like um, Billy Wilder. It's I forget which movies he directed. It's in, but also in That Touch of Mink. With Doris Day and Cary Grant, it's it's prominently displayed in that movie as well, and it's just it's very iconic, and I I really yeah. enjoyed it, and it has nothing to do with Thanksgiving or Christmas. So but, what? We're bitching about food, but and you know, it's I a, thought I'd love to have a I'd love to have an automat. Yeah, no shit to go to exactly, and just put a coin in. Yeah, giant vending machine. Yeah, and give except you, it was yeah. it was really good food. Yeah, it like, wasn't like really crap. good food. Like if you ever see like asian like tokyo where they have like food places where you can put money in and get food it was like that kind of thing but it was you could sit down like you would in a beautiful place yeah you would go and you would put a nickel in the slot and get whatever you were going to eat and then you would sit down at a table it wasn't like a to-go place where there was only a counter it was like a whole big wall of machines that had food and then you went and sat down it was I cool. Mean, so cafeteria style. A cafeteria yeah. style. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like like Clifton's cafeteria, only it was a machine instead of people helping yeah, you. Yeah, you just put the coin in, open the thing, and you get the beautiful yeah. whatever. I forgot, I forgot you told me about that, and I didn't get I, a chance to watch it I yet. just, you know, I'm just like, I wish there was one now. I know. Because then it would be so much easier, especially to take my mother out for a bite. We could just go looking down the windows exactly. and say, well, what do you feel like? 
it's hard to imagine. There you go. It's hard to imagine young viewers, listeners out there, our two listeners, that, you know, fast food wasn't always around. Like, you know, we remember when McDonald's, like, I think, when was the first McDonald's? 1964? Yeah, but they made the same food. Like, you went there for one specific food, those fast food places. Yeah, but I mean... Automat's all different. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that that was kind of the precursor to fast food, yeah. the Automat, in yeah, a way, yeah. you know? But there was nothing fast food about it, though. No, it was, it was like really well-made food. Really well-made. But when McDonald's first started, mm-hmm. it was really well-made, too. Yeah. They used beef tallow for yeah. their fries. Yeah. Maybe. But that was in 1964, yeah. 19, or was it earlier than that? I don't know. I don't remember. It I doesn't don't know. matter. Well, things have trended more towards convenience-based lifestyle. Yeah. Obviously, it's like you pick up your phone, you don't interact with anybody, someone knocks on your door and drops <laughs> off food. And That was funny. Last week, last time we did our podcast, when I go, who's going to sponsor us? And you go, not DoorDash. Because <laughs> <laughs> we spent the whole time bitching about how expensive DoorDash was. But... <laughs> Something like HelloFresh or some of those meal kits that like teach people how to cook, but also provide you with the ingredients and the recipe. That's not a bad idea. It's no. not entirely like that's the a- same idea of like, I'm going to go to the market and I'm going to buy all these things and learn how to make specific recipes. But it is a good place to start, especially for a younger generation. There's a reason that that kind of subscription based food model popped up in the first place, because exactly. it's like, obviously, people don't know how to cook. So we're going to give them a meal with the instructions. And here's how you do it. Yeah. Well, okay, so now we know what I'm having for Christmas, which is chicken salting boga. We know what Jan is having for Christmas. Which and you're is, making kugel, right? I'm kugel. making I'm making kugel for your Christmas meal. Yes. Yes. Thank God. Okay. Her mother loves noodle kugel, and nobody else really much does except Jan. Jan kind of likes it. But, I like it. But I have a, I have a recipe that her mom likes, so I'm going to make it. That's another thing I only make once a year, but it's much easier than a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fuck. it is. Yeah, I already got I got all the ingredients ready to go. Um, But what are you having for Christmas dinner? What's Christmas Eve? What's Christmas night? What's the plan? Nick, take it away. Thanksgiving dinner is what it is. We're going to do a rematch. What? A rematch? Rematch. Wait, uh, Gelson's turkey again? No, 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 no. This is like my family side of it. So like my sister Caitlin is going to make a cheesecake, which she makes some fantastic cheesecakes okay. uh, i don't know what got her into that but it's like her specialty is most likely cheesecake she's done some really good tarts as well Delicious. so she's gonna focus on that uh the tri-tip that i have frozen is still frozen so uh-huh. we're gonna do the tri-tip uh i still have i think chicken thighs for my sister that only eats chicken we still have like the ready-made mashed potatoes so not great but so it's in the fridge so i'm gonna use it okay so we're talking like a mishmash of meats for the various people, some beef, some chicken. I probably won't be eating chicken, but if the, if there's enough in the pack and I don't feel like resealing it and putting it back in the fridge. But who's going to be cooking? Who, let's, I'm cooking. You're kicking. Of, of course, course you are. Of course yeah. You are. So that's ma- Christmas Eve. Um, I don't know. Christmas Eve, we don't really have a plan yet. Uh, we're still like we're a week away. Same same thing with Thanksgiving. We're a week away. We don't know what we're doing. We just know <laughs> that we have Christmas breakfast at Heidi's. and okay so i get like coffee bagels some uh sweet treat for breakfast i I don't know i'm showing up i'm bringing an ornament and we do our gift exchange and uh well for our listeners i hope there's bagels that's what i really want listen for our listeners we might want to bring them yeah 
Well, you're not supposed to like ask the host like, "What can I bring?" Right? Isn't oh. that insulting? No. No. What are you okay. crazy? Oh, no. I don't know. That's what I've been hearing about the etiquette. It's like when oh, you're no. the one who's the host who's preparing everything. I love that, when no, people you, ask. Okay. No, ask away. And even if they're saying we we have everything, bring some bagels and they can stick them in the freezer for when they're yeah. not hosting people. Yeah. And then the, yeah, it's a little present. But I have to talk about your sisters, Susie. Mm-hmm. Susie is our friend, Jan and my friend, and your your half sister. How long have you known Susie? Okay, I've known Susie. When did oh, I meet? Yeah, I met Susie. I lived with Susie when I first moved out here in 2000, but I had known her before that. So I've known her at least 22, probably 25 years, 26 and, years. And I've known her since 1995. Right. So that's when I yeah. met her too. So even longer than that. Yeah, yeah. 1995. 1995. And her sister, Heidi, um, are spectacular cooks and bakers. And when they posted the cookie exchange that they do on Instagram, I was insanely jealous. I'm like, oh my God, look at those fucking cookies. They looked amazing. All of them look so good. You can take some. We have a couple extras. They gave gave us a to-go box. Really? We showed up in the last like hour and a half and I'm like, what can I do? And they're just like, do you want to decorate cookies? I'm like, no. No. (laughs) Decorating cookies sucks. Well, we were sitting outside and it was like (laughs) freezing by the time that I had gotten there. The sun had just gone down. It was like 435. So it was cold. I decorated a couple and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I got a little bit better as time went on. And it's like. It's just, it's always on Sunday. It's Especially always during them. football season. So Especially it's with never... them because they're so good at it. You know, it's like, you know, their cookies are beautiful. Their flooding is beautiful. The decorations are beautiful. And then if, if you sit down and try and do it, it's like, oh, God. It's like I'm, I'm an accomplished cookie maker myself, but I don't put as much effort into like how the presentation is. No. I'm like, I just want it to taste good. No. So like when I show up and I like see that table and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I was like, I could maybe make like one style of cookie, but like you guys spend a lot of time preparing like how this oh yeah is going to like look when it's laid out. Like yeah. each one has its own like physical identity, which is very cool. I know. Um, but it's like it's beyond my scope of my baking repertoire for now. Well, I have all my Christmas cookies baked and oh, frozen. Yeah. Oh. And frozen, which oh. is fantastic. Thanks for sharing. No, there. I put them. I have no room in my freezer at home, I, in either my back freezer or my kitchen freezer. So I took them to work, and I have them in my freezer at work. That's where all my cookies live right now. That's a wow. dangerous place for your cookies to no, be. No, because I'm the only one there. Oh, okay. Right now, I'm the only one there. So it's in my work freezer. Interesting. And then I went online and Instagram, and I saw like all these inspiring cookie boards because my cookies all tend to look. Like they're not like super butter cookie Christmassy. Like there's Christmas shapes, but they're different. They're they're brown. A lot of them are brown. So a lot of these girls take like um, red and green candy, like little gumdrops or red and green, you know, little uh, what do you call it? The Hershey's Kisses and stuff. And they kind of dot them around the cookie thing to make a display. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm not very crafty, but I'm going to try anyway. I'm, I'm going to put like festive candy around my brown cookies and call it a day. And then I found a fabulous cookie tray in Dean's Garage. I was in Dean's Garage, which is kind of a forbidden place for me to be, but I had to go in there for something. And I look down and I see this unbelievably beautiful silver Alessi tray that he got at some estate sale or at the roadie or whatever. And I was like, I am taking that tray for cookies. And I, he comes home from something and I go, I have a Christmas story for you. Here's my Christmas story. I was in your garage. And he goes, I already hate this story. <laughs> I go, I was in your garage looking for a brown bag to dump out the ashes from my barbecue grill. And I was thinking about 
I really need a Christmas cookie tray because I hate the one that I have from Ikea. And I looked down and like magic, it was a Christmas cookie tray. He goes, you can have that thing. He goes, I don't know why I bought it. It's too big anyway. So now I have a beautiful silver Alessi Christmas cookie tray for my cookies and a plan. We'll see how it executes. I'm not crafty. I'm not great at that, but we'll see how it executes. Hey, on the cookies that you have, is there one that's a chocolate chip cookie? Yes, no, Jan, there, there is isn't. a chocolate chip cookie. I have to make them every year for you. Her. No, I was talking to you. Yeah, you were looking at me, so I yeah, thought you were talking to me. I was I, talking to you. None of them were chocolate chip, I don't think. No, oh, I have chocolate darn. chip. I have a specific request from Jan to make chocolate chip cookies, which I did already. Chocolate Yum. chip cookies. I, chocolate chip I made cookies. snickerdoodles. I made... Uh, butter cookies i made what else did i make my catherine's my friend catherine's two favorite cookies my rosemary fennel uh shortbread i know jan doesn't like that uh my um buckwheat cocoa nib cookie and what else do i have i have a new one this year blueberry maple oh that sounds good yeah like a dried blueberry and maple that sounds good. Yeah. And what else? I have one more. I can't remember what it is. But anyway, yeah. So I got my dessert all ready to go. I have it all ready to go. I now just... I'm hungry. I know. Yeah. I will okay. say that Susie and Heidi are much more ambitious with their uh, styles of cookies. Oh, my Like God. Heidi makes the little like jammy bow tie ones. Yes. Which I'm like, that's it's uh, too advanced for me. I know. Like, you got to cut a hole in that. I don't have something to cut the a hole jammy, in a cookie with. The jammy bow tie thing is a pain in the... I've done that. It's a pain in the fucking ass. It's a pain in the ass. I made little like rum balls that are like... How did you get it to be like a little circle and stay like that? I know. Like, I don't know any of that I know, stuff. I know. It's, it's... I know. But that's like fun. If you want to yeah. do... You know... Listen, there's no pressure. If you want to go buy Christmas cookies, you can certainly go to a bakery and buy cookies. It's not like you have to make cookies. I just kind of enjoy doing it. But after a while, it's like, okay, enough with the cookies already. Yeah, I typically am like, I, I, I brainstorm three of them. And then I'm like, I'm going to make three in big batches and then yeah. give them out to our neighbors and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm still working my way through the first recipe. And then I got I to gotta get the other two nailed down before the end of the week because the clock is ticking. Yeah, the clock is ticking. And then right after that is New Year's, which is another whole thing because my birthday is January 1st. So I have New Year's Eve every year. And I, I, I just I have a ham party. I have a honey baked ham party. I call it a day. Ham, bunch of side, you know, little nibbly things. That's it. When you said ham party, I thought I misheard you. And then you clarified that it is indeed ham a ham party. party. Yes. So you ham got a honey baked ham. Honey baked ham. They do all the work for me. I put out the ham with some mustard and some rolls and a couple of appetizers and my birthday cake and call it a day. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And then yeah. sometimes she brings me whatever's left over the ham to make ham salad. Oh, she makes the best ham that salad. That is my mother's recipe again because oh my, my God. mother loves it. Ham salad. That brings me back to my mm. childhood. It's so good. Those words together are not the most appetizing. But no. Listen, listen. And you know you know what's <laughs> even agree. worse is ham balls. I have a recipe for <laughs> ham balls that is killer. It's killer. It's ground up honey baked ham with, okay. with, with shredded wheat. You turn it into like a meatball with a mustard glaze and serve it over white rice. Delicious. That does sound good. I can stick a whole ham ball in my mouth at one time wow you know jan always with the sexual <laughs> way to keep stuff. it real <laughs> nick she is still recovering from the moment herself. where you were hitting on him earlier I'm sorry. at the top of the show okay how it's, are we it's doing my on luscious time? long hair it's as, as long as you want to go you're good okay uh and i know you're being a little bit facetious when you say you've got uh one two listeners there's like 60 people at least that listen to it, the it episode. Was, people were very, it was very popular. I was very happy uh, that, that there was a lot. It looked like your popularity on the, the sh- episode 90 of the shyst, ladies and gentlemen, was, uh, was seemed to be popular. At the very least, you have friends. 
that yeah. Uh, yeah. are supportive. And that's a good start. Yeah. Because exactly. I know a lot of people that are my friends do not listen to my show. You're kidding. No. Oh, not at all. Well, that's not very nice. I know. So I've made more friends that listen to the show, but <laughs> my actual friends that I've known for the majority of my life are not the biggest <laughs> listeners. I've had guys come in here and actually do the show on the podcast. I don't know if they actually listen to it, though. Oh. It doesn't seem like it because they never talk to me about it. But I want to read you something that I got in the comments okay. oh, on my got... website oh, that okay. was about the episode. Okay, cool. It, uh, from Gene Ferraro. I, th- I believe it is oh, Eugene. Oh, our friend Gene. This is Gene. Mm-hmm. On, so registered to my website to make this comment. Nice. Says, excellent concept, original and worthy take on food at a time when food is becoming uh, much too precious in the way that the media treats it. The one person responsible for preparing a meal idea is appealing. One for the legions of folks responsible to cook day in and day out. And the repartee is really funny and engaging. Well done. Looking forward to more. Oh, that's so nice. That is nice. Yeah, it's the responsibility issue that we we struggle. We bitch about food because we're obsessed with food and we love food, but we also hate it. We hate the responsibility, but we also love the responsibility because we need to make sure that it's good. Like It's complicated. Like in my head, I'm thinking, you know, when my mother isn't around, which is for me, like I'm knocking wood. Knock wood. Don't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that can't don't happen anytime that. real soon. No. But I'm thinking, I'm just going to eat like gruel. I don't care what I eat. Cereal every I'm night. I'm just going to be like, I'm not eat. I don't give a shit what I eat. It doesn't matter. But I know, like after like a day, I'm going to be like, no, I want something good. Exactly. I want something good. But the thing about it is you could make something. We talked about this on our on our first episode one uh, you can make something and eat it for a week and a half. Used to. I don't, it's been so long since I've done that. I don't know anymore. I think you probably could. You know, I'll yeah. find out one day. Yeah. But not today. No. I mean, hopefully. I, my bachelor life was like eating triscuits and salami and cheese. And I was just like, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not, yeah, it, it tastes good. It's salty, salt, fat, bread, and sugar. fat, yeah. meat. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a trifecta right yeah. there. And you know, well, that's probably it. four or so. Quad, quadfecta <laughs> but that's why pizza is so good yeah because it's everything it's everything it's a you complete want meal yeah what yeah. about new year's what do you do for new year's um we kind of made it a thing for new year's where we would go do something comedy related so we went to the comedy store a couple years ago and then covid hit and we haven't done it since we did we went to like an improv show one night um so that was kind of like our thing because we wanted to bring in the new year with humor and yeah. just, you know, make Something. sure that we're in like a good mood <laughs> on yeah. New Year's. Yeah. Food wise, we don't really like prepare anything. We'll grab in and out or something. But the line's always going to be super long. Yeah. Um, but other than that, we don't really have anything nailed down for this year. And we don't celebrate it like family wise because my sister's birthday is January 5th. Oh, so it's okay. like we're going to get together as a family for her birthday a couple of days after the new year. Right. Um, so I really don't know what we're going to do this year. Uh, all right. It's undecided. Well, let me ask you this. I'll ask Jan this, too. Since we had our last podcast and this one, what's the what's the best meal you've cooked? What's the thing that stood out to you as something really good? I'll start. I found at Trader Joe's, they have something called the world's largest rotini. Like this giant rotini pasta. It's huge. And Dean really only likes angel hair. That's it. So I brought this home and I said to him, look, I know you only like angel hair, but I want to make tuna pasta tonight. And I want to use this giant rotini. And I made tuna pasta with olive oil tuna, because that's the best tuna, Genova. 
and some garlic and a little bit of lemon. And I put this giant, it took forever to cook, but it was so, he goes, you know, what's great about this pasta is every time you take a forkful, it's like a bite. It's, it's not like slippery pasta that's slipping. It's like a hearty bite of food. So the giant pasta, the giant rotini pasta at Trader Joe's was my favorite thing that I made since Thanksgiving. Jan? Mm, I don't know. Your burgers smelled pretty good the other night when I came in to check eh, on something. That Was that what was I was making? I don't remember. Delicious. I think it's my go-to, which is, you know, it's chicken that I've already cooked. I can take out of the freezer, chop it up with some chopped onion, tomato, a little hot pepper, Yum. some jalapeno jack cheese, and a tortilla. And, oh, that sounds good. And make a, you know, like a quesadilla with that in it or whatever. And like the shell's nice and crispy and everything. And that's my go-to because my mother likes it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And it's not hard. No. And fast. That's it. Is this something since Thanksgiving? Yeah, or whatever. What's your favorite thing that you've made like recently? I've become pretty good at a skillet chili recipe that I like. Yum. Um, so that's uh, grass-fed ground beef. Yum. Grass-fed butter. Mm. And then so we add corn, diced bell pepper. Uh, onion white onion most of the time but caramelize it before we get everything else going then take an organic tomato paste make a sauce using uh, beef broth so i'm in uh uh-huh so so we got we got the sauce going heating up all the veggies are grilling in the cast iron when it's time to throw in the meat uh get that going meanwhile get the ninja blender up and running and blend some California chilies in there okay. with a little bit of cilantro. I haven't had cilantro on hand lately because it's either I buy it and I use a tiny little bit for this recipe and then I don't use the rest of it in time and I just throw it out. So I've been doing it without it lately and I've run out of the um, the larger chilies, the ancho chilies that I had. Yeah. So it's been only California chilies for a while because I have a gigantic, like two pound bag. So I'm like, I don't need the other ones. I might as well just go through these while I can. Yeah. I'm out of ancho chilies too, oddly enough. And so we'll make that. And typically I'll... Me too. I'll either make up, like, <laughs> oh, oh, white rice <laughs> or uh, rice cauliflower and oh, use that as the okay. base. And then because Kristen loves Hawaii, lived in Hawaii for a year, I do it moco loco style. So we'll do moco loco in Hawaii is white rice with uh, an egg and a burger patty on top and brown gravy. So very filling like, but it's a breakfast item. And so what we'll do is we'll do white rice on the bottom, chili on top, fried egg on top of that with sliced avocado and a little bit of cheese. And that's become a staple in the household because it's kind of just like one pan at least for the most part so it's like okay i'm not cleaning a ton of pans uh i know that i can put the meat to thaw come back then that's ready to go it's like just the preparation elements for it like the worst part of it is that the blender is a pain in the ass to clean yeah blenders are a pain in the ass to clean and i've cut myself on the blade many times so it's kind of that's the only real issue with that um but it all it always produces leftovers and i can make it with ground chili which i've done a bunch i've made it with ground chicken for when my sister's are yeah, around and I'm like only I was like I'm telling you this chili is good and I want you to eat it but I have to make it with chicken if that's the case so yeah right. or I trick her into believing that the turkey is chicken and no. she's like just don't tell me <laughs> but there was a time we were making uh, lasagna and we had gotten chicken sausage but it was wrapped in a pork casing oh. 
And I was like, oh, I feel bad. And I was like, we should have just not said anything. But instead, we peeled all the casings off of all the sausages in order to make the lasagna for her. So let's bitch about that for a moment, (laughs) shall we? I mean, it was a pain in the ass, but ultimately a labor of love. And in hindsight, like had I told her beforehand, she probably would have just been like, it's fine. Don't worry about it because Mm. she eats chicken sausage all the time. And I don't think she's checking the ingredients on the casing very often with her chicken sausages. What is speaking of special diets? What is Colleen going to bring for Christmas? Her own food again? Her brown food? No, because she can eat most everything I'm making. Oh, um, was I'm she a, offended by the brown I'm, food I'm, thing? I'm, no, I'm a, she thought it was funny. I'm I'm more considerate than I think you are <laughs> around things like that. Jam. So yeah, so I mean, she can eat the brisket and the carrots and the potatoes salad and no, no potatoes, oh, but the right. salad. And I'm making a zucchini dish that she can eat. Oh yeah, that zucchini dish. And one for because my cousin doesn't eat a lot of things either so they can have that and uh, what's for dessert um i'm having a cheesecake nice and a coconut cake okay yeah that's what i'm having and i'm uh, making them myself no you're not and i can I'm tell not. by looking at her she's I got shifty not. eyes she has shifty eyes shifty eyes not. of going to a bakery that's yep. exactly what she's I'm going doing. to a bakery rather than making cakes and cheesecakes i've i finally tried making cupcakes once and they turned out pretty well so i'm like okay I, i'm confident that i can go back to cupcakes but ice cream was more of my thing like i got an ice cream maker yes. i started making designer ice cream based similar to the sound and flavor concept i was just like let me get a song i'm gonna make a flavor out of this and then when i was making cookies i was like you know what i can make an ice cream out of this and then i had one that was like a lavender vanilla and it was uh organic raw honey in it as well but just sea salt caramel chips yum lavender a little bit of vanilla yum yeah it was very good it was like sometimes i made it a little too salty but like the salt just makes you want more so it's not even like a bad idea no those sea salt caramel chips are hard to find at trader joe's but they are fantastic if you can find them yeah i can't find them very often so it's like i got them i I used them in a couple of different recipes and then i was like oh i haven't seen these in a while so Mm -hmm. i don't know how i can make my own i tried making caramels once and Almost burned the kitchen out. It was no, a disaster. No, 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 no. Well, I think you know that's this is our podcast. This is what we're working on: bitching about food. I think uh, we've exhausted everything. The holidays are almost right. over. Thank fucking god. And then uh, next time, I I want to talk to you. Not this time, but I want to talk to you about that pressure cooker thing I gave you. Oh yeah, Jan gave me an instant pot. I want to hear about that. Instant pot. Not, not mm-hmm. this time, but I want to discuss. Yeah. We have something similar to that, but I've never actually tried the pressure cooker element of it. No. It's like a rice cooker that is also has like a pressure cooker. It's if a, you use it's the a top slow section. cooker, pressure cooker. Sl- yeah. It's it's a 14,000, you know, the, 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 and I went on TikTok to look at instant pot videos and I got completely overwhelmed. So I'm like, I'm just going to put this over here in the corner, put my ice cream maker in the garage and uh, hope for a better day. Because I just put everything in my Dutch oven and cook it for hours and hours and hours. And this is a way of doing that in an instant pot where it only cooks for an hour. Yeah, so I've, I've we'll used see. the slow cooker here and there. And I made a pot roast last year for Christmas using the slow cooker. Oh. And in hindsight, I'm like... I should just do that all the time. Like, it's so easy. Yeah, that's what everybody says. But then I go online and look at these tutorials. I'm like, oh, God, more things to bitch about. Anyway, bafpod at gmail.com. Please send your feedback. I'll get the website up and running. I promise I'll get the social media going. Uh, It's just been busy. We're cooking every night here. Holidays are here. We're a little overwhelmed. We're getting there. Anyway, Nick, thank you again for helping us. And Jan, of course, thank you for your... 
And uh, you're welcome. And uh, <laughs> thank you for your whatever. <laughs> yeah, my whatever. And I will. I I am available to sleep with people who will listen. Wow, you know to what? This, so seriously, this podcast yeah. is now going to be X-rated all because of Jam. That was a and joke. She's going to get a sponsorship from Hello Flesh. That's a joke. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. Before yeah. we get out of here. The new year is approaching. We're not going to be back together before the new year. No. What do you have in mind for this going into next year? Do you, is it something where you want to address particular recipes? Is it a situation where you want maybe to help on the tutorial kind of side of helping people get to the point where they can be self-sufficient in no. the kitchen? No, that's for food bloggers. I do not want to hold. I don't want to babysit people if i post a listen i'm going to tell you right now if i post a recipe on the blog it's going to be a white piece of paper and print i'm not going to post 600 pictures of onions on how to caramelize onions i you know like that woman on that video said ain't nobody got time for that i don't have time for that i'm just going to post a recipe and you figure it out it's it's more for cooks people that are cooking every day if you're cooking every day you'll be able to figure out jan's doll which is the first recipe i posted on the blog jan's doll um no i want to actually interview people i want to find out what people do i want to find out what people eat i want to find out uh uh, what people do for food. I want to I want to know what it's like to be the person who never cooks. I want to know what it's like to be the person who always cooks. I want to know if our experience is unique or if people who are basically always responsible for the food feel the same way that we do and how they get around uh, the monotony and also the happiness and the satisfaction and the joy and the complexity and the difficulty of cooking every frickin' night of the week. How do you do it? How do you do it? And, you know, how do you stay afloat? I, I just spent $101 at Ralph's yesterday. I've never spent that much at Ralph's in my life just for basic crap. No meat, no cheese, nothing. Just little things here and there. $101. Dishwashing soap is 22 bucks now. Like food is so expensive. Whether you eat in, eat out, it doesn't matter. What are we all going to do? You know? So that's kind of what I want to talk about. Food, uh, and, and the occasional recipe thrown in here and there and reminiscing about dishes that we used to have, like Jan with her hot brown and her ham salad, both of which I'm totally craving right this very minute. And what we have to do to get through each week for food. That's kind of what I want to do. I think it's as, you know, food is is related to us emotionally, obviously, and everyone has a story. And I think that's the yeah. I think that's the hook for this, for me anyway. Yeah, is, everyone has a story. It's a story. Food is universal. Um, people's relationship with food is complex. And it's good and bad, kind of mixed in at the same time. And there's a lot of memory that comes in with food. And I just think that that's an, a, a thing that hasn't really been explored that much in social media. Oh, look at that. The end music is kicking <gasps> in. Wow. All right, then. Right there, right at an hour. All right. Okay, good. Bye. Do you, do you have a <laughs> sign-off line that you want to use yet? Uh, keep cooking, bitches. I don't have it yet, but... Um, no. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. Yeah, later, bitches. Later, bitches. <laughs> Take okay, care, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.